Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. We have to go through the day and go, if we are we having a bad day or are we having a bad 15 minutes? Right? Did something happen at work or you know, someone cut me off or I got a speeding ticket or whatnot? Like, is that a bad day or is it about 15 minutes? Right. If we can acknowledge that and go, you know what? Life is good no matter what. Like where we're at, we are blessed. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut and into a life worth living. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and we're going to be joined by podcaster, speaker, Eric Allen. He's going to share with us how his life, starting from humble beginnings and just hardship through domestic violence, through living homelessly, couch to couch with his friends while he was going through high school, how he has transformed himself into somebody who encourages others, who encourages his children, encourages the next generation even, because he reshaped his mindset, reshaped his life, and he's living a full life today way differently than how his life began. And we want that for you too. So sit back and relax as we have this conversation with Eric about overcoming the school of hard knocks. Here we go. All right. Hey, Eric, thanks for joining me from Idaho uh, all, all the way via Zoom. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me on the show, man. Truly an oh, honor, man. Oh, yeah. Pleasure. Uh, now, we got connected through April Metzler uh, via Instagram. She's a podcaster out of Oklahoma. And yeah. uh, she didn't like just recommend you. She said, Jerry, you need to interview this guy. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And Sweet. Just, yeah. Uh, April's I'm, awesome. She is. Yeah. I mean, if she throws a name your way, I mean, she's attaching her name to it. And it makes it easy because all you got to do is <laughs> say yes. And Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, now... My understanding is you've got two podcasts, uh, Top Rated MMA, and the other one is The Eric Allen Show, which you started in 2019. Uh, and so I, I've caught a couple of episodes of that. And then, of course, you've been doing a podcast tour, and your goal was to be on 100 podcasts in the year 2021. Yep. And I'm happy to say I'm episode 104. Woohoo! That, that is correct. <laughs> yeah, my 104th interview for the year is right now, man. This is awesome. Nice. I love it. And uh, I think what I love about it even more is, uh, well, two things. One, you set a goal. You made it public and then you pursued it. And that's a big theme that I often talk about on Beyond the Rut is the importance of having goals, writing them down, sharing them with some people you trust, and then going after it. Uh, and the other thing is that you didn't just stop at 100. You didn't stop short and say, you know, 80 is good enough. I'm going to coast the rest of the year. You killed that goal and you kept the momentum going. Um, and I think the first questions I want to kick off with was how important was it for you to make that a goal? And um, what have you found kind of, well, I'll start with that one. Why, why was it so important to make that goal? A hundred podcasts. So it was interesting in 2020, I said, well, I want to be a guest on 50 podcasts and I only did 26 interviews. And I was like, that sucks. I didn't even come close. Like I, then I was like, okay, if, in 2021, I don't even want to do 50. I want to do 100. I'm going to double that and I'm just going to make it happen. So 2021 for me was all about getting on as many podcasts as I can. One, because I want to hit that goal of 100. Um, and I don't know why I picked that number. It was just like something I was like extravagant and it was really far reach. And I was like, I'm going to go for it because I do release two shows each week of my own podcast. So it was like, you know, having to crunch in that time. 
And so, yeah, being able to do a hundred man this year, it's been awesome. So that's, yeah, it was, it's been a fun journey and, and we'll continue to go, man. Yeah. And what were some of the things you did to help make sure you stayed on track to achieve that goal this year? When I made it public, uh, you know, I've, I've been telling people ever since day one that I was going to do a hundred podcasts this year. And that helped a lot of people like, Hey, I've got a podcast. Come join me. Hey, I've got a podcast. Come join me. Right. And so it's been cool because every time that I, a show is released or an episode, you know, is released that I was on, I shared out with my network. And so I'm like, Hey, number 86 of 100, you know, 47 of 100. Right. And so people who have been following me or connect with me, they see this journey and they like cheering me on the whole time. So it's been fun to see that. But also I love connecting with people, other podcasters, like even if I'm not like if I'm the guest, I, I just love connecting with other podcasters. So it's been fun to just meet a hundred plus new people that I would never have come in contact with. <laughs> I would say guest formatted shows, especially podcasts, probably like heaven for us extroverts. It's like I get to meet people. I get to learn new things through people. I get to totally. Like, now I was also curious. I didn't get a chance to ask this before we hit record, but uh, your first show top rated MMA. Uh, yeah. You, know, you, you see the beard. Now, those of you watching the video, you see the beard. Those listening, just take my word for it. He's got a beard that gives me envy because <laughs> I'm half Asian and I can't grow a beard. Uh, Plus, I have a wife who doesn't like me to have facial hair because she met me in the army. That's not important. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> hey, well, thank you for your service, man. Thank I you. appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I'm stuck on the beard envy thing, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so you look like what I'm trying to get at is you look like an MMA fighter. But uh, oh, thank you. Uh, and so. What is your connection to the MMA or that that field, that sport? I'm really just a, like super fan. Uh, you know, I, I grew up, uh, my dad would get pay-per-view of Mike Tyson when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. So we always watched boxing. My dad would take me to WWF events when I was a kid and local wrestling events. So, you know, we saw the regional circuit. We saw the WWF, like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, British Bulldog, all those guys in that era. And it was amazing. And my dad would literally go rent movies that had no English at all, uh, but they were ninja movies. So we would just sit there and watch movies and just like, oh my gosh, like ever since I can remember. So yeah, I think I was a, a ninja for Halloween for like 15 years straight, right? Yes. Like that was, that was all I wanted to be, right? You know? And so just always been a fan. It kind of evolved or evolved into MMA. And so in 2012, I was sitting around the house. I'm like, man, I really want to get involved in MMA. I don't want to get in the cage, but if I can be on the business side of stuff, because that's kind of my passion, mm -hmm. how can I do that? And this is kind of the era of, tap out. And I think there was a company called MMA elite at the time. And like, you know, big time. And I was like, all right, well, let's start a, a t-shirt company. And my wife came up with the name top rated MMA. And we said, how do we make ourselves different? And so we decided when we came out, we were going to be 100% American made. And we wanted to give back to the veterans, uh, some organization. And at the time, um, Brian Stan, who was a fighter in the UFC, he started an organization called higher heroes USA, um, which helps transition veterans and their families with free job training and job placement. And we reached out to them. We said, Hey, we want to partner with you guys. We want to be able to give back to you guys. And still to this day, almost, you know, what, 10 years later, almost uh, we're, we're still giving to those guys. Um, and because we started top rating in 2012, uh, but we we're still giving to those guys on a monthly basis. We give them a percentage of, you know, our profits that we make each month. And we just love to partner back and get back. So that's kind of how that started. Yeah. Um, it was an apparel company for, for the first couple of years. And then in 2017, I actually started the podcast, really not knowing what I was doing. I was in a walk-in closet for almost a hundred episodes, bad lighting, bad camera, bad microphone, didn't even look into the camera, you know, like that type of thing. <laughs> 
Nice. I've heard of Higher Heroes USA as well. Uh, it, it, it's just, it's something that pops up on my social media ads. And, uh, yeah, I've just come across the advertising here and there. And, uh, so it's really cool. I, I've met the guy who knows the guy behind that. So that's right. Yeah. It's that's like awesome. There's a separation, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, now your other show, the Eric Allen show, uh, it, yeah. it's geared towards helping, um, I believe entrepreneurs, you know, realize their success and identify their success and, and overcome a lot of their obstacles. Uh, what inspired yep. you to get that show up and running? So I've always been kind of entrepreneurship minded, right? Like I was the kid who had the lawn mowing business at 10 and 11 years old and stuff like that. So I always had this entrepreneur spirit. Uh, but really in 2018, I came across a guy online named Ed Milet. And as soon as I heard him, I was like, dude, this guy is awesome. He's speaking to, to me. He's, he's talking about my life. And I just started sponge watching like everything like that he had put out on YouTube, uh, everything. And I was got his book. By the way, it's an amazing book. It's like 95 pages it's called Max Out. People need to go check it out. Okay. Um, but so I started watching it and then I was following him on Instagram. And then in 2018 or near the end of 2018, um, really, I decided to start the Eric Allen show uh, because of him. It was it was his inspiration that I started that show. And it used to be called The Bearded Biz. But my wife being the smart one said, hey, you're niching down too much. We, let's change the name. So I changed the name to the Eric Allen show. But <laughs> Um, I, in 2018, he issued a challenge on his Instagram to about a million followers at the time. He said, Hey, submit a one minute story to me of what drives you to success. What's your passion? Like, why do you want to be successful? And I submitted a one minute story to him. And about a month and a half later, he announced me in a, a place called Camp Agape as the winners of this max out challenge that he issued. And so I got to sit down via Zoom with Ed for, it was supposed to be 20 minutes. We ended up going 30 minutes, just him and I. And it was the greatest phone call ever. It changed my life. He was so genuine about being like wondering how he can help me out. He shut down all the distractions, you know, that he had. And of course, you know, sitting on his balcony of his porch with the ocean behind him. But it was the coolest thing to have this conversation with Ed. And that really like kicked things off because I was able to record that and release that as part of my episode. So that was episode 12 of my new podcast. Before that, I had Sean Whalen and then it opened the doors to Tim Story and Brad Lee and Bedros Kulian and, you know, Eric Legrand and, you know, Jim the Rookie Morris, Dan Caldwell from Tap Out, Ken Shamrocks twice, you know, like just open up massive doors. And so that's what that show's about. I bring on these entrepreneurs. I, I really love to ask the question on both my shows. Like, I want to get the understanding from MMA fighters. Why do you want to get in cage and get punched in the face? Right. And, and <laughs> yeah, why do they I, want to do that? <laughs> right. I mean, and some people do it for fun. Some people are like, hey, I got a federal fence and I can't get a real job, but I can go fight. So I want to put food on my wow. table. Right. Uh, but I asked the same question to entrepreneurs. Why do you, as an entrepreneur, want to get punched in the face? Hopefully not physically, but virtually we get no's, we get rejected, we get failure, we go bank, bankrupt. I have a bankruptcy. Right. So, like, but we keep going. What, what is that drive that pushes us through that? And so I love to highlight those stories and, and bring on entrepreneurs that are just real and then get it out there for folks and hopefully inspire, and motivate people. Yeah. When you were getting mentored, um, what were some things about that person's setting that just opened up your eyes to what could be? With Ed, with yeah, my conversation with Ed. with Ed, you know, he talked about just always pushing hard. And he said one thing to me that I have on my wall right here. And he said, it's an acronym and it's canny, C-A-N-I. And it says constant and never ending improvement. And so I have that on my wall when I see that every morning when I get up and I'm looking at my vision wall that I created in my office, I see that and I'm like, every day I want to get better. And he, he always says, do one more, do one more rep you know, do one more phone call, get one more person, right? Like, so he really pushed that, like, keep pushing no matter what, 
you have to figure out how to zone everything out, all the distractions and stay focused on your goal and continue to fight for that goal. Continue to fight for your dreams, man. Yeah. That's how he maxes out. Yep. Max out every time. (laughs) And in doing this show, um, the Eric Allen show specifically, how have you seen yourself grow from 2019 till now? Massive dude. And it's almost like it's selfish for me to get on a podcast and go talk to these amazing people. I'm like, I just want to soak in all this information, right? <laughs> you know, and then I'm like, oh, I can't. I got to share this out with the world. But like every podcast that I have, no matter who the guest is, MMA fighter, entrepreneur, whatever, it's like a mentoring session for myself, right? Like I go and I, when I go to edit the show, so I do everything myself, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm taking notes. Man, that was so good. Oh, that was awesome. Cause sometimes I don't catch it during the show. And it's helped me to figure out my morning routines. It's helped me to figure out my mindset, who to surround myself with. You know, like Ed talks real big about like, hey, you know, real important. If you if you're stuck in a rut, right? Like if you're stuck and you're feeling like you can't go anywhere, you're not doing as well as you want to as a husband or financially or provider or whatever it is, right? The way to get out of that is you have to go surround yourself with people that are living the life that you want to live. Yeah. So you go find someone in the church that's you know has an amazing walk with Christ or has an amazing marriage or has an amazing business, right? And you just go surround yourself with them. And just being in their presence is going to motivate and, and and make you want to lift yourself up. And that's what I did. I And I still do that today. I still go out to networking groups where I don't know anybody there, right? I just want to get uncomfortable because if you can get uncomfortable, it's going to help you move in the right direction. Yeah. There's somebody I know. Uh, she says that growth happens outside of your comfort zone. And that's for any of us. I mean, our, yeah. our growth is outside of our comfort zone. I mean, uh, MMA fighters, they, they win rep matches because they're willing to push themselves that one rep more during their yep. workouts, you know, one totally. minute more in the ring during sparring practice. And, you know, and, and it pays off. It's that 10,000 hours of practice that makes you the expert. All that, all those cliches are backed by <laughs> logic and reason and, and proof. And yeah. uh, it's just, yeah, totally makes sense. For those of us listening right now, we're probably thinking, well, you know, Eric's got it going good. You know, he's got two <laughs> podcasts. He's an entrepreneur. He's making the income he wants. He's married. He's got kids. Life is good. Probably always was good for him. But I, I've done my homework and I know that life wasn't always rosy and peachy and happy go lucky. And I, I would even venture to say, you know, if, if you're human, life still isn't rosy, peachy keen. It's just better than <laughs> what it was before. Um, yeah. Can you kind of take us through that journey of, um, so your parents at some point had gotten divorced. Uh, my yep. parents divorced when I was 11. Um, me too. And it, it kind of for me opened up a hell for me when my parents split up. And I, it sounds like it was something similar for you. Can you kind of tell us about that past a little bit, just so we have context of, where you really are today and, and that, um, and what you've overcome. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, my parents got divorced when I was 11 years old as well. I never heard the word. I didn't know anybody who had gotten divorced. I thought I had the, the typical household, right? American household. Like we were going to Sunday school. I was playing little league. You know, uh, my dad was a, like adventure. He always wanted to take us out to the, the dump fields and we'd go try to find treasure, right? Like that's just a typical Saturday morning. And then when they got divorced, I was kind of shocked. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Because I never saw my dad like abusive to my mom or or any of that stuff. So it, it was something that happened on the back end that I just didn't see as a kid. And when my mom got together with a man who was almost immediately, which I thought was kind of strange. So maybe there was something going on there. I don't know. Um, but she got together with a guy that was uh, very physically abusive. It, even from the first time that I met him, he was he, he hit, hit her. And I was like, oh, wow. whoa. Yeah. I'd never even thought about that. I never even thought about men ever hitting women. 
And then I saw that. I was like, whoa. And he continued to do that. And I would call the police. They would show up. They'd take him to jail or, or my mom wouldn't press charges. And it got crazy, like all the time. They yeah. were at our house all the time. And then they did the smart thing, my mom and this dude, and got pregnant. And so they said, well, now we're just going to move to Stevensville, Montana. So I was living, I grew up in Eastern Washington. They moved it to Stevensville, Montana, which is population 1200 people at the yeah. time. Yeah. Love Montana. It's a beautiful place. The, the place they rented was on five acres, two ponds right by the Bitterroot River. And this house that was on that property, though, had three bedrooms. It was one for them, one for my sister, who's four years younger, and then one for my little brother, who's just a few months old at the time. So I'm about 12 and a half, 13 years old at this time. We moved in the middle of my eighth grade year. And they said, Eric, you live in the garage. I literally had this plastic tarp at the end of my bed that separated my bed from the truck that pulled in. Luckily, I had a fireplace on my half of the garage that Ooh. would keep me semi-warm. Yeah, during it's the cold in Montana. In winter. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so it would get really cold out there. I remember you know, being under like 10 layers of blankets just to try to stay warm while I was sleeping out there. And the abuse continued. It was further away from police, so they wouldn't show up as quickly. Right. And so there was one night where I was 13 years old. I was brushing my teeth. They came home arguing. Wasn't anything different than any other night. But as I was brushing my teeth, and I believe that it was God telling me, dude, you've, you've got to look around, take a look and see what's going on. So the way that the house was set up was behind me was the kitchen to the pantry to the garage door where I was at. And so as I turned around the corner, I see him on top of my mom in that pantry area. And he's just one punch out the boom, mm. boom, boom, hitting her in the face. I'm like, man, I got to get this guy off. So I walked up and I grabbed a cast iron pan out of the, the cover behind him. And I swung as hard as I could. And I split the back of his head open. And he turned around and he said, what the? And as he said that, I took another swing and I split his forehead open. Still didn't knock him out. He was very drunk. So Ooh. probably felt a pretty good headache the next day. Yeah, the next day. <laughs> right. Like he stood up over me and he was starting to yell and he's bleeding down his face. My mom jumps up, lands like six punches in a row and blood splatting on the wall. I mean, it's crazy. Cops show up, take him to jail. My mom doesn't press charges. I had three months left in my freshman year of high school at this time. And my mom decides the smart thing to do was kick me out for beating that dude up. Mm -hmm. So I got kicked out of the house and I went and stayed with my friend Forrest and his dad. And I slept on a hardwood floor for the rest of the three months of my freshman year. And that really set me on this path of destruction for the next 10 years of my life. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. To, to sum it up for everybody, I mean, we're talking, um, I know drinking was involved, drugs were involved, uh, you know, going to jail at least once, right? Yeah, I was in jail at 18. And uh, it got into a lot of, a lot of trouble, you know, in I was smoking pot before school, after school, I was taking basically any drugs you can think of, hallucinogens, you know, things like that. And um, then I got kicked out two weeks out because I went to, back to live with my dad. Mm-hmm. And so two weeks after I graduated high school, uh, I woke up to a post-it note that said, you can't comply with house rules. You have yeah. 48 hours to get out. Yeah. So I packed my stuff up and basically slept on whatever floor I could stay on. You know, I slept with some family members, slept with some friends in their houses and stuff like that. 
but between the age of 18 and 21, I moved 21 times living off of credit cards and barely surviving and not keeping jobs. I was changing jobs every three or four months. And then, you know, by the time I'm 21, I was $28,000 in debt and had to file bankruptcy. And it's like, how do you climb out of that? And you, you did, (laughs) uh, you know, so your past, it wasn't the nail in the coffin for you. It was life is harsh. And you had a a piece of life that was very harsh. And and thank you, by the way, for for sharing all this with us. Yeah. Um, And then something comes along and starts to give you hope. What was that? You know, in, it was a, I was, it was a string of events got me to that hope. Right. And so I was, I ended up working for universal records and I was doing the concert rock star thing. I don't know how to play anything, but I was doing the business side of stuff, but I got laid off my one year anniversary and I was really depressed after that. It was during the Napster days. If people remember Napster. Yes. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) the end uh, of music as we know it. (laughs) Totally. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, you know, and I was just a low man on a totem pole. So I got laid off with a few other people, but you know, so I, I started working at Starbucks and I was working at night. I was the night manager. So I'd get off work and go get my six pack of beer and go to my ghetto apartment and uh, drink myself to sleep every night. And I didn't have any friends. I was really depressed. And this girl, I remember her coming into Starbucks a few times to my store. She doesn't drink any coffee. She was in there studying. And one night she came in and she said, Hey, we've got this cool college age event down in our church. Would you be interested in going? And I hadn't even thought, uh, or, you know, I hadn't walked with Christ for a long time. I, I hadn't even thought about God for a long time. I was just living my own terms. And that's why the reason that's the reason that I was at, right. Yeah. That's the reason that I was there in that position. But yeah, I said, you know what? Absolutely. Let's go. So I, I said, what time? So we go down there um, later on that week and I ended up knowing all these guys from the other side of the state. I was living in Seattle at this time. Mm, so, okay. uh, you know, I ended up running the dudes that I'd like went to college for or with for like a year. I went to college briefly and didn't pay attention, but you know, like, so I saw <laughs> these guys and it was like, dude, I haven't seen you in five years, man. I haven't seen you in seven years. Like this weird kind of connection. And I think God was planting a seed in that moment because a month later, it was Easter, 2004. I was managing a band. We went out and we played a concert and I woke up Easter morning in my buddy's basement, surrounded by probably 15 other dudes that were just, you know, are all passed out. And in that moment, I felt God extremely clear, man. He's saying, dude, you're going down this path. That's going to end your life real quick. You got to make some changes. And I decided in that moment, I gave my life to Christ right there in my buddy's basement. And I called that girl up and I got her voicemail. I said, Hey, thanks for inviting me to that church event. Hopefully I'll see you at the store sometime. And a month later, we're dating now. I've been married for almost 17 years. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Could you imagine if you're that guy working at Starbucks who said, hey, sorry, miss, if you're not going to buy anything, you got to get out of (laughs) here. Right. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think God just, and and I, to this day, I truly believe that she was an angel that was sent to me from God. Yeah. And it's just, the interesting thing is her and I were actually both born at exactly the same minute, Mm -hmm. different days, different years, but on our birth certificates, it's documented 1.41 PM. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. It's not a world record. I tried to submit that to Guinness. They said it's not. (laughs) Yeah. I tried to. My dad and I have the same birth date. Uh, So we're 26 years and we're off by like one hour. Like I was at 9.44 AM. He was like 10.40 something (laughs) P or AM or maybe a little bit later, but yeah, we're off by just an hour or two. So like, man, poor guy hasn't had a birthday cake for himself since (laughs) (laughs) 45 years later, he still hasn't had his own birthday cake. Oh man, poor guy. Uh, uh, so from there, I mean, you're kind of do this backwards of what I usually do, where I usually yeah. have you tell your story first, then how you help people out. But I, I wanted you to kind of kick off with how you help people first. And then here's the, oh, wow, story that's behind that, that yeah. these are the things that have built you up 
and prepared you for the life that you have now to appreciate the life you have now. Um, how do people kind of go through a crucible without putting themselves through an extreme like you and I have experienced? You know, and like I mentioned earlier, uh, one, if you want to change in your life, you have to surround yourself with the right people, Mm -hmm. but also it's a mental thing, right? So I, when I gave my life to Christ, I had to get out of that environment that I was living in. Right. So then I had to surround myself with the right people, but then mentally I had to go, okay, I know that my past and other people's opinions do not affect my future. They don't determine my future. I can make a change at any moment. Literally, I can change my mind like that. And you just have to step out of that environment that you're in that's leading you down the wrong path. And yes, that sucks sometimes. And it sucks to have to break relationships or break friendships or whatever, but you have to do it for you. And if you can do it for you, then you can get on the right path to to start impacting other people. And so, you know, I think you know, what helps me is get in routines, right? Like morning routines, sticking to things that are going to continue to grow you, right? Uh, for me, I wake up at 4 a.m. six days a week. People are like, why the heck do you wake up at 4 a.m. six days a week? It's because my desire to be successful is bigger than my desire to sleep. Yeah. Period. Like I, last night, this is Saturday morning. We're recording on Saturday morning. I woke up at 4 a.m. on Saturday. It's because I, I want to get up and I want to like start training myself. You know, I get up and I spend time in prayer and look at my vision board, and look at my goals and, you know, spend time in worship and, you know, start training myself in personal development and, and things like that. Um, but I think if you're in this rut and, and you're like, man, I, I want to avoid all that stuff that Eric went through, right? I'm just stuck in this rut. Surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. Get uncomfortable and start setting up routines stack those wins. For me, when I wake up, if I open my eyes, I immediately acknowledge myself, like going, I acknowledge out loud, like, you know, try not to wake up my wife, but I'm like, I literally say out loud, God, thank you for another day. I get to hug my family. I get to see my family. Thank you for another day. That's win number one. I jump out of bed. I make my bed. There's two wins in 15 seconds. I've already stacked wins in the morning. It's going to be an awesome day, right? We have to go through the day and go, if we, are we having a bad day? Are we having a bad 15 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Did something happen at work or you know, someone cut me off or I got a speeding ticket or whatnot? Like, is that a bad day or is it about 15 minutes, right? If we can acknowledge that and go, you know what? Life is good yeah. no matter what, like where we're at, we are blessed and, and God's given us the opportunity to see other people, to make an impact. You know, my goal is to put a smile on someone's face every single day. Well, that's in like in person or on Zoom. I just want to wake up and go, man, I want to make sure that someone smiles today. And and if I have the right attitude, if you have the right attitude, then you can change the world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. Just letting that sink in for a moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that, everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's so true. I mean, starting with mindset, you know, yeah. you, you got to believe it can be done. Uh, yes. If, if you can't, it doesn't matter. It's not going to happen. Right. Um, somebody else who does believe is going to come along and get it done. And that's not going to be your story anymore. <laughs> it's not going to be your life. Somebody else is doing it. And then they're just talking you into doing the things that they want for their lives. You already just kind of hit me with, you know, 4 a.m. is a good start time. Maybe, maybe for 30, but we'll, we'll work my way into it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I've read a book called The Perfect Day Formula by yeah. Craig Ballantyne. And it it's an amazing book. But he talks about like that. If you're getting up at eight normally, mm-hmm. don't set the alarm to four. 
Like yeah. do 15 minute increments, right? Set it for a couple of weeks at 745 yeah. and then 730, right? And then, and then so on and work your way down and your body will adjust to it eventually. And for me, I get up that early one, because I want to do all that stuff that I spoke about earlier, but it also allows me to do that without eating into family time. Yes. So I'm really big on family time and making sure that I separate that work and family time apart. And I still work a full-time job. So if I get up at four, I've got a couple hours to get stuff done. And then at eight o'clock, I start my real job. But then at five o'clock, I go, it's done. I try to shut everything off. I'm not always the best at that, but I really try to acknowledge and and be just present with my family when I'm there. So at five o'clock, it's cutting everything off. How much has just knowing your values made a difference in your life? Oh, it's massive. You know, I, I think... Once I realized that for a long time, I lived where it was the business first and I have to, you know, I have to provide for my family, which I get that we all have to, but I had it backwards. I was thinking, man, if I do have the right job, if I have did the right sales and I was putting in massive amounts of hours, I'm providing, that's going to be, make me a good husband and a good dad. Yeah. Right. But I had to flip that. My family now comes first. And what happened was I was working for an employer. And they made me go on this business trip and I missed two of my son's baseball games. I always said I would never miss a baseball game. Mm -hmm. And I missed those two games and it hit me so hard. I was so mad that I had to work for somebody that forced me to go on a trip that I said, man, I'm now, I work for a new employer now. And I basically, I set my own schedule. I said, you know what? I'll be available from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific. But guess what? If my son has an award ceremony or my daughter has an award ceremony or a dance or a game or anything like that, I'm out. Yeah. They come first. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I'll just, I'll I'll let you know. I'm not going to ask for permission. I'm just going to let you know, Hey, I'll be back in the office in a couple hours. Mm -hmm. Peace out. Like I had to set my family first. And once I did that, that value, man, I think my relationship with my wife got better. My relationship with my kids got better. My, my relationship with myself got better. My relationship with my, with my walk with Christ got better. You know, and I'm also part of a, a, an amazing men's group that we meet every week and we go through the Bible and things like that. And just being around those guys, man, is, is just awesome. Yeah. And just getting get encouraged and getting fed by those guys. So the, the values of, you know, what you put in front of you, what's important to you, put that ahead of everything else, mm-hmm. you know, and, and oh, I yeah. think that just makes your life way better. Like you said, I'm not going to care about some dumb TPS report, you know, this week at my, my full-time jib or my full-time gig. I lost a deal for $187,000. It would have paid me quite a nice commission check. And I worked several months for that. And my teammate, she did more work than I did, but they just came out of the blue and decided to go somewhere else. And I was like, what? Like that would have been a nice Christmas bonus, right? And then I think before I would have been really upset and throwing stuff around, man, man, screw that guy, right? But I'm like, all right, whatever, you know? God's got God's in control. Yeah. You know, uh, you and know, the crazy I, I the thing about wall. that is like taking that mindset does a number of things. One, it allows you to pick yourself up even faster and go after yes. the next deal, but yep. it also allows you to preserve the relationship with that other company. So when they're back in the market again for another deal, you are on their radar as somebody they could work yeah. with. And yeah, it, whereas if you get mad, you're never going to deal with them again. And right now, what do I have? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. The pity party. Yeah. Um, yep. How have you seen like your kids world view uh, differ from everybody else's because of your, your priority on your family? You know, it's funny because I've been working from home since 2015. So they've seen me mm-hmm. pretty much at home their whole lives. Like I'm, I'm home. Yeah. I wear shorts and a t-shirt to shirt to work every day. Like I never have to dress up and you know, uh, I just work from home. And so they see me for breakfast. They see me at dinner. They only go to school Monday through Thursday. So they see me on Fridays. 
like the the relationship that I've been able to build with my my kids because they see that I put them first, right? Um, and they they both gave their life to Christ at a very early age, and they love the Lord, and they want to like make an impact, and that's yeah. a big thing for them. They just love to love on people, and so I love that. And they see me and my wife like you know, they see us argue, they see us make up, they see us dancing in the kitchen. I'll give my wife a kiss and they're like, Ooh, right. But I'm like, they see <laughs> us get through the yuck yeah. and they see us continue to move on. Like that was the big thing for us was like, we said since day one, my wife and I, when we said, I do, we meant it. There's never going to be a divorce in this family. Mm-hmm. We are breaking the chains of addiction, abuse, and rejection, and we're going to change the legacy. So our kids are seeing something mold into an amazing legacy that we're going to live. And hopefully they continue to live that on, yeah. you know, when we're past. Yeah, there's an intentionality behind that. Yeah, um, yeah. Because Liv and I, similar situation. Like we both came from. Uh, I think our parents combined for a total of like five divorces. Gotcha. So yep. statistic about yeah. five too. Yeah. Yeah, and they say like if if one of the two uh, spouses experienced divorce as a child, they have a fifty percent probability of divorce. If both have experienced divorce, I think it jumped up to like one hundred eighty-seven percent probability. I'm crazy like, what that's ins- so like you're talking about multiple marriages uh yeah if, and um so yeah when you combine both parents combine for five divorces and you're like ooh, and we just right. looked at each other and we're like i'm in it for one time the whole time and it's not just like you you're stuck with me but i want to make it so that you never think leaving me is an option Right. Uh, in a positive way. Yeah. And so <laughs> it, we, you know, and I, I think I shared earlier, like I had a line in the sand at 14 that I was going to change the trajectory of my family. If oh. I didn't say it in this episode, I said it on an interview I did just the other night. Um, so <laughs> I guess I have to link that in the show notes. Uh, but I know one thing I've noticed for my kids, because like if Liv and I argue in front of them, then it's kind of an an agreed upon expectation between my wife and I, that we also have to share with them how we resolve that. You know, yes. if we didn't resolve it in front of them, but like, cause we'll go to a closed room, resolve yeah. it. We come back. We're like, all right, you heard the, you heard the hard part, the, where we were mad at each other. We got emotional. This is what we talked about in there. This is where we landed. This is what we promise. This is how we'd like you to hold us accountable. And this is when they're like younger and they're like, yeah, okay. Cause it's all they know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And the thing I, I noticed maybe when they were both in high school, by the time they were both in high school, the thing I noticed that changed their worldview is that having mom and dad show up at school events for them is normal. Uh, having us work things out in our relationship and then including them is normal. Telling them I love you is normal. Yeah. And for everything I just described for their friends, none of that existed. And, you know, for me growing up, none of that existed. And we created this whole new world for them where parents talk to each other. They talk with their kids. They put their kids uh, in priority, but they put their own marriage relationship in higher priority and they put their relationship with God on an even higher priority level. And that's their normal. And they see the benefit of that. And I mean, they have kids, friends who get mad at them because, you know, like, oh, it must be nice. You have a dad who shows up to your school events and like, how's that bad? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, but then what I've also noticed is that I'm not just encouraging my kids and inspiring my kids by making them a priority. Their friends aspire to have the kind of marriage yeah. relationship my wife and I have. And the yeah. my my son, his friends want to be the kind of dad that I was for my son. And it's like, wow, I didn't just change my son's life. Holy crap 
you know, <laughs> holy moly, <laughs> I almost had to yeah. censor myself there. <laughs> uh, but it's like now I'm influencing other youth who aspire to live differently. And that just blows my mind when I, when I realize that. And it's kind of the same thing you are having an impact with, whether you've recognized it or not, is because you have this impact with your kids, their friends are noticing that they're different in some way and they like it. And then when they yeah. see that you and your wife are a big part of that and, and God, an even bigger part of that, they start to want that for themselves. So I just, yeah, that's huge. Cool. Oh, it's huge. And the impact I think just as, as dads in general, like can make a huge impact on other people. You know, my parents were divorced and it, that was a mess when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. One guy that I met when I was in first grade, his name was Dave and his family, it, absolutely the best family ever. And to this day, Dave is my best friend. So 36, seven years later, we're wow. still best friends. Yeah. But his family, they stay together. He's got four, four sisters. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like massive family. And I always looked at their family like, man, this is the picture perfect family. The mom and dad are like second parents to me, you know, amazing family. And that marriage, the way they treated their kids inspired me to be better as a, as a kid and as an adult and as a married uh, you know, husband and, and, and having my kids, like they love my family, but even more so like they made such a huge impact on me. The importance of having those father figures, those other family figures, especially when we've been absent of that in our own lives growing up, that's important to find it. Yeah. Same thing that we talked about way at the beginning about finding people who mentor you and changing the yeah. five people that are closest to you. Exactly. All that influences you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Dude. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, I know folks can find you at ericallenmedia.com. That's Eric with a K. And you've got your two podcasts. I highly recommend to folks. Uh, Whether or not you're an MMA fighter, check out Top Rated MMA. Uh, Check out the newer show, The Eric Allen Show. And if you want him to speak at your event, your venue, a training, uh, he's got a link in there as well at ericallenmedia.com. Now, is there anything I missed as far as things you got coming up? Uh, projects, uh, events that you're about to unfold. EricAllenMedia.com has has got a resource page on there. My goal with the resource page is really just to give out information that can help people in their business, help people in their life. And I'm working directly with Brad Lee on Lightspeed Virtual Training. So we nice. help coaches and trainers uh, really make more money. We, we we target two people: people who want to make money online and people who want to train better you know, to their employees or things like that. I'm also recruiting people uh, that want to join me on the, what we call the light speed army, right? It's just people that it's not an MLM. It's just, Hey, come join. And, and the cool thing is Bradley pays people commissioned for selling his product. You don't even have to sign up. You don't have to pay anything. Wow. You literally can just sign up and go, Hey, I want to, I want to work with this guy. You get full massive training from him and then he'll pay you 20% recurring commission for anybody that you sell forever, as long as they're a customer. Wow. And so, I'm just like, I'm working like with my, my business partner, we're putting this together and we're just recruiting people to do that. But outside of that, like the resource page has books that I love that have impacted me. There's websites on there. There's just resources for people that can like impact your life and impact your business. And that's really the goal with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. EricAllenMedia.com And then the resources page on there, but yeah, totally love to connect with people on Instagram and, you know, if I can work with you on your podcast or speaking or coaching or anything like that, and my programs are on the website as well. And before we go, Eric, any final words of wisdom for those listening? Two things, two things that I, that I, that I always love to do podcasts for. One, turn off the news. Don't worry about what's going on in the world. Worry about what's going on in your world, right? Is it your husband, your wife, your husband, your kids, whatever, right? Turn off the news. I did that five years ago. It was the best decision I ever made. And then number two, 
is I think we just need to quit judging people. Like in the in the world generally, like there's a lot of judgment going on. It's not my job to judge anybody. I don't care who you voted for or what. And so I think if we just got into this mode of just not judging people and just love people where they're at, man, the world will be a way better place. Eric, thank you so much for being on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much, man. Truly an honor. This is a great conversation, man. Definitely one of the best shows that I've been on in 2021, man. So really, truly appreciate it. Be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 313. There you'll find links to Eric's shows, his website, and so much more. Now, the other thing you can do is if you liked everything you heard here and you thought others would also enjoy Eric's story and the practical tools that we shared, then hit the share button on how you're listening to us right now and share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. There you go. Because that's how this show grows is that people like you who love what they've heard are sharing it with other people and saying, Hey, this made an impact on me today. Maybe you'll like it. So please go ahead and do that. Hit the share button. Now I'm glad you joined me this week and look forward to joining you again next week. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.